Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine, Supernatural Edition. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we have Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Hi, Jasmine. And we will be talking about Supernatural Season 2. So, let's just jump right in. Season 2 immediately starts off in the hospital with John, and they're all trying to be saved, and everything is happening. How did you feel about the introduction of season two? Um, I'm glad it picked up right where it left off because had it been like them in the hospital, not immediately after the car crash, I kind of would have been upset. Um, Season two starts off really, really well. And I think even after watching all 13 seasons, this episode sticks with me because it's just so well done. And I really appreciate it. It has good characterization of Dean. It has good characterization of um, of John. It really it sets the tone and continues the theme of the what price would you pay that we talked about earlier. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I loved Dean's out-of-body experience since he's in a coma in the first episode. And he's just wandering around with the Grim Reaper. How are you? How did you feel when he's like, "Yeah, I'm not moving on. I'll just become an angry spirit." Uh, did you expect Dean. that from Dean? I think. I mean, after as that's near the end of the episode, that it fits Dean very well to come to that conclusion, and I believe some part of him would resist becoming an angry spirit or some part of him would believe that no that wouldn't happen to me i fight these monsters i would not become one of them but it's made pretty clear that you know yes you would that's exactly how this starts you need to let go and move on dean and it's something that you know that that's a lesson that is really important to learn especially for dean and sam and i especially love that sam tries to save his brother but he can't and that ultimately leads to John making the deal. And this level, as you mentioned in the first season, of Sam like failing his father and his family. And it's like this guilt that I'm sure he has inside of him. But I don't think we address it. Unless I'm mistaken. Do we address it at some point? I don't think so, but... It- it shows in his actions, like how he's trying to reach out to Dean. He starts realizing that no, there's Dean's spirits around. We should we should try to contact him. And I think it shows in his actions, but it's not really, it's not discussed. It's not overt. Um, we also get the deal that the father makes to save his son. He's like, yeah, I'll give up everything. Just make sure that he lives. And as he makes peace with his sons, he dies. So I think that was a great moment. Like, he resolves everything. It's it's a nice, happy ending, bow tie, whatever. And then he's like, I'm dead! You can't you can't take back. No take backs. <laughs> um, but what about you? Did you get that same appeal, or? Yes, I, I thought so, too. Um, I liked it because, you know, it really, it gives Sam and Dean closure about their dad, which is something Sam especially needed. Dean, you know, will hang out on the, no, I can get my dad back for a long time. Um, it just, you know, it, it fits with Sam and it fits with Dean. And it's really something, you know, John should give them now and then. He should give them some type of closure because he has this tendency to disappear and, oh, he might be dead. But having the finality of it kind of 
it in a way it probably takes a little bit of weight off while giving them their own weight to bear. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, let's take a step back for a second and talk about the season intro. Now, this is something that I meant to talk about last season but forgot about. The intros are completely unique every single season. Were you surprised that they kept this up? Um, I think so. Um, for me, mainly the um, I love. I know it's not the intro, and I know it didn't start in season one, but I love that they reuse Carry On. Uh, it's I don't remember the full name of it, but Carry On Wayward Son is the the part they op- that they begin with every final episode, and it's that has come to represent Supernatural, probably not only just for me, but everybody in our generation. And yes. it's such a it's such Much a fun like song. Much like Bill Nye. Oh yeah. Oh, that's immediately running through my brain now thank you for that but um, since we're back in season one did you like the season one opener Uh, yes Um, yeah it it fits well with season two and you know it continues that the it actually fits their personalities too to have the songs play especially Dean it fits very well for Dean it's basically Dean's soundtrack, or it's basically Dean's playlist. Yeah, I agree. Um, the evolution of... Well, since we're still in season one, let's talk about Route 666. And in this se- this episode, we got to talk about their love interest. We got to talk, well, Dean's love interest specifically. Were you surprised that th- we got to see a new side of Dean? Because personally, I was, I enjoyed to see another side of Dean besides this harsh brute that we are more accustomed to. What about you? Yes, I I think it really sets the tone for how he grows to care about his brother as well. And yeah, it's two different types of love, but you know, it's still love. He still loves his brother. And it shows that, you know, he's so used to loss and while she doesn't die, he still loses her and still can't be with her. So it really shows why Dean is as attached to the few people that stick around as he is. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about season two and the evolution of Sam and Dean's relationship. Now that, Do- that John's dead and gone, R.I.P., <laughs> um, we get... To see Sam and Dean try to cope with their father's death as well as navigate this new relationship. Because Dean basically said at one point, so what, are you going back to school now? Which I have expected Sam to do. But what about you? What did you think about this evolution? I honestly expected Sam to go back to school too. I mean, in a way. I kind of expected him to be the character that comes and goes. Like he tries to balance out school and hunting. Um, but I'm glad they didn't take that route in a way. It would have been nice to see them attempt it, but then you wouldn't get the fun travel and showing off the Impala. I don't know. Like, Sam was very much trying to lead the life, but then he has the whole, I have to avenge Dad, even though I stopped talking to him and completely cut off my family because I'm a horrible child. You know, so... What are your thoughts, Adelaide? I mean, (laughs) you have the golden boy, and then you have Sam, who's apparently the little rebel, so I don't don't know. 
Dean's too busy trying to be daddy, and Sam is too busy trying to carve his own path. No, he, Sam is too busy crying in the corner because dad never hugged him enough. <sighs> but again, I digress. I appreciate them both in their own unique way. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, But yes, most of this will be me bashing Sam and yeah, I'm sure Adelaide will be right there with her little shield like, no, Sam's awesome! <laughs> I mean, I do like him. He's, <laughs> if we're gonna go that route, I'm gonna say he's way better looking than Dean, but oh, well, maybe no. not in the early seasons, but... <laughs> Not even in the late seasons. Give me Dean with the swagger and the face any day. <sighs> uh, that's hilarious. So, Sam and Dean, they end up going to the bar, which I appreciate the bar, the Harville Roadhouse. I appreciate that because that gave you a communal hangout for all of the hunches to come, take notes, drop off each other, whatever, whatever, whatever. How how did you like them having a focal point? I really enjoy it because it shows that it's not just these two out in the world. It's not just their little crazy family, their little dysfunctional family going on here. It's not just them. There are other hunters out there. There are other hunters that work alone. There are other hunters that work in pairs that work in groups there are some that and it shows that the the winchesters themselves that name has come out and they recognize them and it kind of it gives them a little bit of the whole chosen one thing uh it gives them infamy i guess instead of the chosen one aspect but it does it shows that they're not alone and that in this hunter community word spreads yeah i agree i wouldn't say infamy i would probably say they are famous in their group um, and that is great for them because people like the level of respect people have for the Winchester name is it's beyond what I expected and I do appreciate that like you said it's not just them because they travel across the country but it's so funny when you think about like how many other groups are out there doing the same thing and if anything if we have all of these groups of hunters why don't we just have a tri-state area? I know, right? Just, like, I, pick your territory. That's right. Like, and I was, like, as I was rewatching it, I was like, why don't they just have a map where these are your points, these are where you go? Because then Dean wouldn't be able to have his Impala. <laughs> well, no, you That's can fine. drive a tri-state area. It would just be more cities and less open roads. <laughs> Dean wants the open roads. <laughs> Um, and I'm also surprised that they don't have any official rules for hunters. Um, was I the only one who was like, yeah. Like, as I was re-watching it, it was like, it's no, like, every hunter is different. Like, you have those those hunters who are like, as you said, in groups and pairs, solo. You have the ones who are really bloodthirsty. Their stories are different, which I appreciated. Getting to know different hunter stories. Um, did you like that? I did. I really liked it. It gives um it's not spin-off fodder which is what i was saying for like doctor who and stuff but it is it's good world building to show that you know these aren't the only people out here they're not the only people that suddenly know monsters exist they just happen to be part of a select few that see it daily 
So then we have Alan, Joe, and Ash. And basically, they are friends, I would say. Ash is the resident genius who sits behind a computer. And Joe is the daughter who knows about it but doesn't get involved. And of course, Ellen, she gets involved from time to time since she was a friend of John's. What, um, did you like the introduction to these three characters and did you expect them to play the role that they did in the series? I do like them. Um, I think the only one that surprised me with his reoccurring role was Ash, but I liked, I liked Ellen and I liked Joe and I like seeing them a lot and I kind of wish we saw more of them, but they're still around or they're around anyway and it's good to see them. Well, no. Well, okay. Yes, in this season, they are definitely around. Um, but I agree. Like, Ash was basically an idiot savant. And I appreciated that. <laughs> because it was one of those things where, like, every genius isn't a genius. But you know what I mean? Yes, I really liked Ash. <laughs> I, I liked his... I liked every little quirky head. All of the, like, Ellen, Ash, and Joe, they were all great in their own little ways and i thought joe was a tiny bit stereotypical but other than that like all of them were very good well no if she was stereotypical they would have made her a lesbian okay good point a tiny <laughs> bit stereotypical still holding to that tiny bit um so let's talk about the gathering of those like sam and sam and the deal that mary made with azazel so basically mary decided you know what, my baby, I love my baby, you blah, blah, um, if, to prevent you from killing him, you know, put your blood into my baby, it was blood, right? Yes, it was blood. Yeah, which, out of context, sounds awful, but, <laughs> here, let my baby drink your blood, and then you can make him like you, and it's basically this whole big master plan that Azazel has to create his own army. Were you were you surprised that this is how he ended up with these telekinetic powers? Actually, yes. I didn't expect that that would be how it came about. But that, as surprising as it is, it still fits within Supernatural's lore. And that's something that, you know, maybe I should have expected coming out of Supernatural. And it does show that, you know people having these weird abilities probably not something you should be messing with and probably it, it you know it's a it's a dean was right moment what was that again adelaide hey i never denied that he was wrong <laughs> i just don't like the guy <laughs> dean is usually right dean is usually right <laughs> in the earlier seasons yes <laughs> so basically i i was surprised too because knowing everything that she knew about this demon, Mary still agreed. But the alternative was that he would, like, kill the boy or something. Adelaide? Um, I think so. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. But I, I guess... I remember the, like, the, like, retcon version, so. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one I'm trying to ignore. <laughs> But anyway, we find out that that's the deal that she made, and now Azazel is gathering those who are like Sam. 
for whatever the plan is. We don't know what the plan is. And Sam is happily going along finding those who are like him. Sam was quite exhausting this season for me. Because he's like a lamb going towards the slaughter. Like just la 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 la. And it's so crazy to me that even after everything that they found out, Sam is still like, you know what? Maybe together all of us can defeat Azazel. What were your thoughts on that, Elliot? I mean, I want that to be the case because, let's face it, having telekinetic powers is pretty cool. And I want, in a way, I want that to succeed. I want that to be, I want them to use their abilities in a way that would backfire on Azazel. So it's disappointing that it doesn't turn out that way. But I kind of wish that that's how it would have come about anyway. I don't know, because if I give you something, you can't use it against me. That's just the way, like, if I give you a power, you can't. I will make sure you would never be able to use it against me. So it didn't seem smart that they would think that, if you get what I mean. Doesn't mean I still can't want it. <laughs> like, poetic justice, come on. Your biggest weapon so, ends up turning against you? Come on, it's fun. <laughs> So then Dean makes a deal with the Crossroads demon because ultimately Sam dies at some point. Um, <laughs> that, like, I've seen all 13 seasons, so Sam dying is not that big a deal. Um, but Dean decides that he wants to exchange his soul for Sam. So, I, honestly, I was surprised by this in a way because he made a deal and in the deal he only got a year for his brother's soul. I mean, for his soul. Which a Winchester soul, you get a year in exchange for a life? You know how, he, like, ugh, people get better deals than that every day. Dean was, like, devastated and I understand the position he was coming from. But I'm more bothered that he didn't get a better deal. What what are your thoughts on the situation, LA? Well, wasn't that the point that she was like, no, it's a, it's this or nothing. That was the whole point of the crossroads was, you know, yeah, I get your soul, but I want it now. And why should I, why should I keep you around so you can kill more of us when I can accelerate this? Because I know I have the upper hand right now and I'm going to exploit that. Yeah, that was the point, but it's, I don't know. Because I feel like you went to another crossroad, probably get another demon. See, you know what I mean? It's like a car. You kick the tires, you walk around, see what's happening. He's not going to get any deader. I was just about to say, it's not like Sam's going to die again. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> uh, but how did you feel about the whole deal thing? I think, starting early, since this is this is season two, I'm going to start having a counter for how many times these guys die and bring each other back. This is this is my new thing for this season. Um, yeah, well, like I said, it was interesting to me. Ultimately, Dean kills Azazel with the cult. And in that, he uses the last of the original bullets. They so get the cult back. Um, from... Who did they get the cult from? Do you remember? Adelaide? Not off the top of my head, no. Um, I know that... I think they just pull it out of the little lock that they got it from and 
fire. Well, away. no, because the father gave up the cult. I'm trying to remember who they got it. Because remember, as part of his death, he's like, yeah, you have me, the cult, just bring, bring um, Dean back. Yeah. Um, okay, so Azazel gathers all the the kids that he mutated and has them do the little Hunger Games fight to the death thing. Can demons not get STDs? What? No. <sighs> no, because my... <laughs> Like, that was my thought, too. Like, you're just giving your blood to children. Oh, I know, right? What the heck? It's like... It's... <laughs> I was gonna say something, but never mind. Um, <laughs> um, so, like, he's got that little, like, Hunger Games fight to the death thing, and he's got... um, uh, And the guy that comes out victorious... I don't remember his name. Um, the one that ends up killing Sam, he uses the cult to open the gate to hell they close it with pure human strength because why not and grab the gun and I think Dean gets the gun and shoots him there was it Dean? oh no they don't close the gates of hell the gates of hell are open releasing all of the demons Mm, no they managed to push them shut I just don't remember am I ahead and like no I'm pretty sure season 3 doesn't start that way no, they're open. The gates are open at the end of season two. I'm pretty sure. Let us know I'm, in the com. Let us know I'm in the comments. Fairly sure they closed it because I remember seeing them close the act- the physical gates anyway, and thinking, "Wow, human strength alone could push those gates shut," and yet you had to jump through all these hoops to open it. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Like the gates are open, and all of the oh. Because the last thing was Azazel's death or something like that. And that's how they got open, I think. Or maybe... It's starting to run together. I mean, the gates of hell get open so many times in the series, so... Mm. <laughs> At this point, like... Okay, great. This is Tuesday now, right? <laughs> and it's just... It's so funny to me. Um... But like I said, Dean kills Azazel and uses the last of the original cult bullets. And at this point, the cult is useless as far as we know. So were you surprised by this whole turn of events, Dean killing Azazel? No, it was more of relief because finally, finally Azazel's dead. Then we get all the demons to be released from hell. And it's like, oh no, the demons are loose. We have to go hunt them down. And Dean only has a year. Tick tock, click clock. Um. Also, like this is already too when both of them messed up, <laughs> and they let something out that wasn't supposed to be let loose, and that he could have prevented. One was Azazel, and now they let demons from hell. Like. <laughs> I'm surprised that the hunters haven't turned on the Winchesters, if we're being honest. I know, right? They're good at their jobs, aren't they? <laughs> They're totally professionals. But then we go to episodes. So let's talk about specific episodes. Uh, let's go to In My Time of Dying, which is basically when San- uh, the episode where the father dies. And we talked about that a little bit. Um, is there anything else that you want to add about that episode, Elliot? Um, no, I really appreciate 
the I mean, I don't I don't think so other than what I've already said about appreciating it. I liked the the reappearance of a reaper a lot, actually. That was very cool. But other than that, I don't think there's anything else to add. Um, okay, well let's skip to the oh, I forgot to talk about the hellhounds. Did you like the hellhounds? Yes, I love <laughs> the hellhounds. Not even kidding. Like every single episode current and future from these seasons i love the hellhounds i am mad i don't get to see them but i love them see i appreciated that as an effect simply because it saves budget money on the budget and it made sense in the storyline i agree like i it's really cool and it's a nice effect i just i want to see what they look like i want to know um so then we have the woman who is being hunted by the hellhounds because she made a deal um were you surprised by what happened with her or do Um, you not remember i i remember to an extent um i am not really surprised i like i don't know i just really like anything revolving that evolving evolving around the hellhounds they're very entertaining and i appreciate the fact that they do not stop hunting you until they get they drag you back to hell. I agree. And I like how, as much as I've said I wish I could see them, it fits so well with just the person they're hunting being able to see them. Because, honestly, if you could see a giant hellhound running down the street chasing somebody, wouldn't that terrify you? And then it brings the question of are all the people who are doing that insane or is this a real thing that's happening? <laughs> and um, that's how it can keep happening because no one believes that it will actually happen. Um, in episode The Usual Suspects, we find out that the demon's like, yeah, your father's basically suffering in hell. Oh, no, it's Crossroad Blues. And they're like, your father's suffering in hell thanks to the deal he made for you. Bye, loser. That's basically what the demon says. (laughs) And I appreciated that taunt. What about you? Yeah, I do too. It's in, in, like, if you had somebody that had been hunting you your entire life, wouldn't you want them to suffer? And especially now that they're in your domain. But the guys keep moving throughout the city. They are like all over the world hunting shapeshifters and demons and all kinds of things. And then they run into Meg again, who wants and she has a new body and a new look. Were you surprised at Meg's new look? Actually, yes. I I like see, I liked seeing Meg again, and I actually think um, I thought it was weird at first that she came back, but it lends. It's a good thing to have. It was a good thing to have because it shows that you know exercising a demon doesn't kill the demon. It just removes them from the human they're inhabiting, and you know it gives it kind of a never-ending battle sort of scenario. I think the also the interesting thing about this episode was that she decided to inhabit Sam and this was the beginning of their mark, their tattoo that's like now famous. Oh yeah, I really like that tattoo actually. Yeah, I do too. I agree. <laughs> but are you um were you surprised that this was the what Meg decided to do in I'm the surprised. past? I mean no, it fits very well with her character and her and the way she exploits power. I'm surprised it took them and their dad this long to consider putting a tattoo of that on their body. 
Agreed. It really took them a long time. <laughs> but let's talk about the trickster demon or the trickster guy. Did you like the trickster? Yes. I love the trickster. I absolutely love the trickster. He's my favorite character, in, um, especially in the earlier seasons. Absolutely one of my favorites. Agreed. He was really fun. Especially when he keeps killing um, Dean over and over again. But that that's a spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's my um, favorite episode. And actually, I was like, wait, is that this episode? Because I don't remember it being this one. I would have remembered that. Uh, the, um, no. Uh, Dean, like, in this episode, Dean kills the trickster. But then it's later revealed that he faked his death. <laughs> so I appreciated that. Like, and I didn't expect to see him again. Uh, but I appreciated that little nod to the audience. We're like, yeah, no, I'm a trickster. Do you really think I would die that easily? What about you? Did you like this episode? Did you like? Yes. Um, maybe because like anything with the trickster is one of my favorite episodes. Just the way it's um, it plays into so many, and this is one of Supernatural's really really strong traits is that it plays into so many different cultures and so many different beliefs and you know a trickster god and they mentioned this i believe you know trickster gods are common in many cultures and so it's no surprise that one comes down to screw around with humanity every once in a while when it's bored yeah and it makes sense so ultimately um no i was right they did op- the gates did open and the demons left so that was the de- the devil's gate. All of them rush out. Oh, but they were able to close some of them off. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but like more, it was very much Pandora's box. Yeah, everything you know, everything came running out. But they do like slowly push it closed with human strength, which is still out there for me. But all right. Also, I'm surprised they didn't do a Pandora's box episode. Unless I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't. I think they do. Just later. Hmm. There's, there's like no, there's not a myth out there they haven't touched at this point. It's been thirteen seasons. I don't know. It's a lot of myths in the world. Um. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about this season? Uh, no. I think we covered most of it. Um. Oh. Well, let's talk about the the witch. That they, oh no, she was a vampire in the season. I'm thinking of a witch because she was a witch in Buffy. Oh um, yeah, Amber Bresson. Benson, sorry. Um, did you like her in this um season? Uh, a little. I don't remember her much from Buffy though. Yeah, she was uh Willow's girlfriend. Oh yeah, now I remember. Really liked her there. Right, like she was a great person. <laughs> I can't remember the name off of the top of my head, though. But I, I can picture her. Tara. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, she was in this season. I thought she was really great. Um. Ooh. There was an alternate reality episode this season? Sure. <laughs> Hmm. Um, I remember. Oh yes, it was. 
That was the trickster. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's alternate reality, that has to be the trickster, right? Where um, Sam's girlfriend never died and like he still hates his father. <laughs> and that's how they have... They have <laughs> like Sam wanted to stay and Dean, being the good son that he was, had to pull his brother out of his own mess. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you like that episode? I mean, yeah, because trickster, but yeah, it's it's really good. I again, I'm if Bobby Singer is one of my top favorites, the trickster is like right above him, and it's really so. I'm totally not biased whenever the trickster's on. <laughs> um, in this season, um, Kripke basically said that he didn't want to do a monster of the week formula for this season, and he tried to include more human elements and things that. Sam and Dean were truly afraid of, like death, grief, betrayal, etc. Do you think that he achieved that? Yes, and I think it fits very well with, um... Oh, I'm way ahead of myself. Never mind. Jumping ahead. <laughs> Do you think that they achieved the, um, what he attempted? Yes, I think following their father's death, that fits very, very well. And then I'll cut myself off there because I was jumping into season three. <laughs> so that was a lot of turmoil in this season. Were you surprised by that? Um, yes, in a way, just because this is early in the series. But, you know, I'm now a veteran with this series. I've seen it multiple times. So, no, because... This season, the series itself can get very, very heavy and get very, very dark. And sometimes it can get very chaotic. And that fits within the boundaries of season two. And season two tended to focus more on Sam's struggle than them actually dealing with their father's death. Do you think it was handled well? Or do you think that they could have focused a little bit more on the father's death? I think they probably should have focused more on the father's death, especially from Dean's perspective, because that was something that that was something that impacts Dean more than it impacts Sam. But at the same time, they're trying to foster this relationship between the brothers that at this point is still growing as attached as they are to each other. Sam, you know, didn't want to be part of this life and he's now come back to it and has to reconcile that as well as their father's death. Do you think that the psychic children added a confusing element to the series, or do you think it helped you understand the series better? I think it gave a good origin story for the psychic powers that Sam has, and it gives a good, or it gives a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives a valuable reason and a valuable trait to Sam that he probably needs every now and then. He probably needs that uh, that tie into the supernatural world, and you know it's part of him. And he needs to he needs to realize it to some extent, and he can't ignore it when it's literally inside of him. Hmm. Did you like the other psychic children in their powers? Because some of them were greatly different than Sam's. Mm, yes and no. Um, I'm thinking mainly of the episode of the 
that was the season, right? The little Hunger Games episode. Sorry to keep calling it that, but that's basically what it is. Yeah, that's what it, it um, was Hunger Games before it was cool. Yes, it was. It's a Battle Royale mode, Supernatural Edition. Um, <laughs> I play way too much Battle Royale games. I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, it's Fortnite, minus the building. It, um, yes, I really liked it. I liked the different powers. I liked how it shows that, you know, they manifest differently. Different people react differently to this demon blood that is apparently better than mother's milk, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I liked seeing how different bodies or different personalities maybe triggered different responses. And I also liked how it states that, you know, or one of the character states, I don't remember which one it was, that once you give in, the powers evolve and the e the learning curve is is very quick and you pick it up very very easily um okay so were you surprised that even though sam had this constant fear of being evil that he never actually did anything that was evil but it was just this big talking point um i felt like the talking point was annoying actually because Although I, I'm kind of jumping ahead mentally, so I'm trying to I'm trying to segment that section off from my current opinion of it. <laughs> but it's really difficult because I know what happens. So um, I feel like in this stage, the talking it's an annoying talking point, but it's also like ah, oh, never mind. I'm not gonna finish that sentence. It's a talking point. It stays that way, and it almost gets annoying how much of a talking point it is. It becomes like a phobia that they have of instead of an actual legitimate fear, at least at this stage. Mm. I I have to agree with you on that because it was so like it was so much of a talking point that I would have liked to see him kill someone. Like we talked about his evil deeds. Tell a lie. Be evil and leave your family like you did before. Like do those things. I feel like this is going to be like you and Moffat. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You need one. I had my thing. <laughs> um, but that, that just like it, it bothered me that he's just it's just this big talking point and it never happens. Um, the roadhouse ultimately is destroyed in the end of the season. Were you surprised that it was destroyed? Yes, and I was sad that it was destroyed because I liked it. I liked that little that meeting point. I liked having that watering hole that all of these hunters gathered around and the mingling of different hunters and the different styles. It was cool. I liked it and I wanted to see more of it, but no, we've got to kill all the good things in this series. <laughs> um, I think I agree with you. I like the Roadhouse. It was a fun place to be. I'm surprised they didn't add any other places. Like, oh, this is where we go camping as hunters. This is, you know what I mean? This is where we go camping. This is where we park <laughs> our RVs when we're not slaying demons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, that I was surprised about that. But I also appreciated it. I appreciated what the Roadhouse was. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about about this season? Um, I think that's all. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Geeks of the Machine. I have been your host, Jasmine, and today I had Adelaide. You can 
um, check us out on the website at overpowerextainment.com. You can tweet us at Real OP Tweets. You can tweet me personally at OP Jasmine. You can tweet Adelaide at OP Addy. And thank you guys again for listening. Um, like, comment, subscribe, and do all those fun things and let us know if there's anything that you want us to discuss. We might come back to it if enough of you agree. So let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.